Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Des Bishop Podcast. Mm-hmm. Literally live yeah. from the meadows. Right on the edge of the golf course. Normally I don't start straight away, but I'm here with Jason Byrne, yeah. my good friend. I think we should have started straight away. So we are starting yeah, straight there's away. No, yeah, we might as well keep a cage, Des. So we're literally on a couch. Like... Today, I said, Jay, let's do it outside. It's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I thought, where will we sit? And no word of a lie, when I arrived at Jason's, <laughs> outside Jason's apartment, there was a couch thrown out on the path. <laughs> but this is... Um, I think people won't believe it. No, I don't think they will believe it. But this is... And it's quite a good couch. Well, is it a good couch to a man? Maybe a lady wouldn't like this as much. But a man is going to look at this and go, that's a good couch. Yeah, it's a Why fine Why would you throw couch. that out? So, so we're, we're right next to the pitch and putt course. There's a guy across from us getting yeah, ready to he's, uh, he's play the 33rd hole. Can you hole? just uh, hit that in and just sink that? There's a, basically a 36-hole golf course right beside us, which is the oldest golf course in the world. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. But we I mean, haven't verified that, but well, somebody could Google check that. It's definitely is. Well, right behind us is a, a, a pub here called the Golf Tavern. That's the thing with Edinburgh. Everything's really old, obviously. This guy's putting off the rough here. Yeah. Which is also is... Uh, this is good mean, podcast has, stuff. has other meanings. If you close your eyes and think about it, he's putting off the rough, and he's he knows... Oh, oh he's a local. He knows... He, he, he knows the rub of the yeah, green. Yeah, and he's I playing mean, on his it's own. It's very bad golf etiquette to be commenting on people's playing as they're playing <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel a bit bad, but anyway, do we'll you give play free tickets to Jason Burns' show? If yeah, if we've distracted you during your game. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to start doing tomorrow, which is I think a good idea. Here is um, I've got these. Okay, so I've got these little rubber ducks. I signed them, and all, I'm going to plant them around the city, and whoever finds them gets two free tickets to the well, that's show. That's a great idea. You know, you I'm don't need. Do so that. let's let's get serious. Yeah, let's get you're serious. You're Jason Byrne, yeah, Irish comedian, but you're you're a bit of an Edinburgh legend. Yeah, it's it's 21 years now. 21 years yeah, since I, you did the So You Think You're Fine. Yeah, I did 1996 and I started here and uh, I had, I mean, I didn't know I was going to get into the final because we we came here and we, myself, Paddy Courtney, Bob Riley, a few of us, and we had money for two nights accommodation. But then I got through and I had to stay. So Karen Corrin who ran it went, oh, you're going to have to stay. So we didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to stay. We had no money. So we uh, we found these Irish nurses and they let us stay. In our, in you our, found them? Yeah. We found them here. We were out drinking them. They they went, oh, we're, we had, listen, we have nowhere to stay. We Either we go home, we don't do the final, or we stay, and we stay with you, and they let us stay with them on the floor. And so then we did the final. So it was you, Tommy, and... Um, Me, Tommy Tiernan, and John Henderson, Patrick Patrick McDonald. John Henderson got in the final too? Yeah, John came third. Oh, I thought Patrick McDonald came third. No, I think he came fourth. Oh, no, he came third, and John came fourth. Yeah. But he actually got placed. So Patrick McDonald, for those that don't know, is the yeah. guy with the big head, big head. from... Uh, Le- well, his own McLove Ma- is probably most known for, but he's also from The Naked Camera yeah. and from um, The Savage Eye. Yeah, he does a lot of acting there, Tommy Tiernan, he? Uh, you may have heard of him. He's uh, he's from the Tommy Tiernan. Tommy Tiernan. Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Tiernan Tommy world. Jason and, and Jason was second that day. And you've done the festival every year since. Yeah, so me and Tommy shared a bill in 97. And when we started that show, right, oh my God. So basically, we Tommy said... Uh, to the sound man, listen, will you give me a flash after about, you know, I don't know, 25, so I know I've done 30. And when it started, Tommy went on first, and the sound man was checking something on his desk after 10 minutes. 
And Tommy went, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. I'm in Tommy Tiernan. So you had to do 50? I didn't have 50. <laughs> and Tommy Jesus Jason Brin ladies I did and gentlemen, know 50 for those that know the comedy <laughs> world I don't mean people that think they know comedy but yeah. never actually go to gigs but those that know live comedy know that there was a time when Jason Byrne <laughs> didn't have enough because I can Man. assure you for most of his career the problem was getting them off yeah, but not this, having enough to stay on this was a serious problem because Tommy passed me and he went ladies and gentlemen Jason Byrne because he brought me on and as I passed him I went you've only done 10 and he went what and then I just went on, man. Did you not bring him back up? No, I just. I, whatever, the I, smart thing would have been to just bring him back I up. I know, but he was in a fluster. So was I, and we just got. We, we I just got it going. I just imagined that I just managed to squash it. And that, but the amazing thing that happened in that venue as well was um, Ray Davies came to see us in there. The musician from yeah, from the uh, Kinks. The Kinks. He came in. Me and Tommy. Tommy's on stage, and he walked in and sat down. And we were going. That's Ray Davies. And then Brendan Gleeson came in and no watched us. Yeah. And the reason why Brendan came in was that I was doing a movie called The General. Oh, that's right. You were the, yeah. you were the journalist in yeah. The General. So what happened was, <laughs> right, man, listen. Right. And the way I got that audition, but I, I didn't even, like, basically I met John Borman in Dublin just before I left. And he said, he asked me, he said, well, what part would you like to play, Jason? And I said, The General. <laughs> <laughs> and he said I'm very sorry Jason but Brendan Gleeson's already playing that part and he goes would you like to play that reporter guy from today tonight I went yeah okay so I come back after Edinburgh me and Tommy are living together we've only basically eaten water and lemons while we've been here because right. this was in Edinburgh years ago before the recession and all there was basically parties all the time like Universal Channel 4 BBC free drinks all oh, night yeah, I yeah. remember doing shots out of a, like an ice sculpture of a naked lady that's the kind of money they had. Back you know in what I mean? the day, yeah. yeah. So that so me and Tommy went home. I'd lost a bit of stone and weight. I must have been about eleven stone only as I got back. John Borman looks at me on the set. I'm dressed as a reporter, and he goes, "Oh my god, you look like my ten-year-old dressed up as a man. What the hell am I going to do?" <laughs> so I went home, oh and I'm really sorry. I've been in Edinburgh. He goes, "You fucking idiot, Jason." So anyway, the a really mad thing. What a situation. There's me, John Borman, who's also the director of Deliverance, one yeah, of the best like movies ever. Me, John Borman, Brendan Gleeson. Um, I can't remember the actor's name. He played Charlo and all. He's such a great actor. Uh, oh, oh Sean McGinley. Me. Yeah, well done. So we're all... So in the days of no phones, right? No, like, yeah. iPads, laptops, nothing. I've got to watch the footage of the actual footage of the reporter going up to the real uh, Marhan Cal, yeah. right? And we have to watch it in the flats down by Patrick's the Cathedral. Right? Oh, yeah, sure. That's where yeah. we shot it. We went in. This woman had an Alsatian in her kitchen locked in. So it was going, rrr, 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 and she's standing there in her nightie, right, in her dressing gown, now with her fag in her mouth, going, so what are you doing? you making a movie, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and John Borman and me and Brendan Gleeson was looking at her going, uh, yeah, Jason's just going to watch this on your video. So we went, we, we borrowed her video recorder to like, play the VHS tape. But like they just randomly picked her or she was involved they, well in Well, one of the runners went in and just asked, knocked into one of the flats and said, have any of you got a video recorder we can watch? So this is a VCR. Yeah. So Ellen Maisie, whatever her name was. Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. Like, you know? We sat there and there we are. We wanted the four of us on the couch and she's going, do you want to hear it now? Are you all right? <laughs> we're going, no, we're all right. And then we went down and shot the piece right out in front there of St. Patrick's Cathedral on that little road there. Yeah, by the, by, the, by the fence of that park, right? Yeah, because yeah. I remember that scene and you were by a fence. Oh, man, yeah. That scene has got... Okay, if you look in that scene, right, it's got uh, buses going by. They even used a bit of rain on it. People, loads of extras all moving. And I kept getting my line wrong because I had to keep going What was the line? Me. It was, uh, hi, are you Martin Cattle? Did you rob the, the, the bite paintings, which are spelled B-E-I-T? 
Okay. E E I T. Yeah. Out of that place in Wicklow, right? Yeah. I kept saying, "Be it," right? <laughs> so the whole thing, all you hear is action. I, like this is like, this is scary, man. This is I've never done anything like this. A huge like he like John Barman's on one of those you know those director kind of cranes. He's on that with the cameraman watching the over and above, and he just goes action and like it's everybody's running. I rush all over. Brendan Gleeson, brilliant actor, comes out, hand on his face, and I go, "Did you rob the BS paintings?" All I hear is "Cause." Oh, Everybody stop. Back to the start. I did it three times in a row, and Brendan Gleeson couldn't stop laughing underneath his hand. He's oh, going, he was laughing. Yeah, he was going, Jason. Seriously, can you just say bite? <laughs> And then John Bobbin comes over and shakes my shoulders and he goes, bite, bite, bite. I went, okay. And I got it. I got it on the fourth time. Oh, thank God. Do you ever wonder what people think as they pass us and they see two guys on a couch talk? One guy is talking into a normal mic and another guy is talking into a mic with two socks wrapped around it? <laughs> well, I think it's... <laughs> you know did you know what? I'm I'm surprised that we haven't had at least ten people sit down in front of us. I know. Well, I was hoping people probably we could think, talk to some people. People probably think it's a you know. People probably think it, you know it's a show. Oh, but anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I actually, to be honest, I wanted to talk to you specifically. Yeah. About being a dad. Yeah. <laughs> because you know my own show now, Grey Matters. I'm talking a lot about being a sort of a backseat parent. Mm. You know, like I tell you what I would do if they were my kids. You know, I, I, I'm observing a lot of other people raising my kids, but you're you're a bona fide dad. You yeah, have a sixteen-year-old. My sixteen-year-old, who and a nine-year-old, and, and my wife, and my wife and my nine-year-old are here, and my sixteen-year-old is probably more mature than I am. Like he is, and he's solid. back in Ireland now. He's at the age now where he can't. Yeah. Be, he doesn't want to be hanging out with you guys. He doesn't want to come here. He did the best like chess move ever. Like I had him all ready to come, and then he went, "Oh, Dad, who's going to look after our dog? We got it. We can't leave, but can't put him in a kennel." He kind of brought the dog down to the grandmother's. Yeah. Then the grandmother went, oh, look, we'll look after, after the dog. And then Devin went, yeah, but you're too old. Look after him on your own. You should, I should really stay here. And I wasn't there. Brenda was there. And before I knew it, all his clothes and everything. And that was it. Done. That was it. He's gone. He's there. But he's he's staying in Drogheda. He goes to school there. His mates are there. And also, he's going to have a great time. So one of the big themes in my show is very much the sort of, I look at my nephews and the life that they have. And it's very different to the childhood that I had. Huge. Do you ever look at the life you've given your kids and think how did this happen you know you're on like a well it's you grew up sort of like i guess what working to, working to lower middle class ballanteer working Dublin, class working class ballanteer look for drive as uh, new estate yeah in the, what 70s kind of yeah loads of kids uh basically loads of kids my so there's like normally four generations of kids on the road so like there could be like i don't know there could be like 150 kids along that road maybe yeah. more of all different ages and I had the best childhood ever because we had a field we'd play f soccer in there we had like a kind of a dried out tunnel uh, which was like a sorry like a dried out riverbed which we called the tunnel and we'd hang out there do all our kissing drinking smoking do all that shit there but my son's yeah now it's like it's weird like he's 16 and uh, they don't really do that but I mean it's like how could we it's because it's like progression. You can't really stop them looking at iPads and phones and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can get them into sport and get them out. He still, he still loves getting out there. Loves going down to the beach. He went surfing with us down on the hinge. He loved all that. But they still get sucked back into, into the gaming world. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that's... I mean, they went to Comic-Con. Like, Devin... Like, I've met loads of amazing people here in this festival. But Devin went, I played a whole session with the guy who invented Doom. The guy my, who invented Doom? Yeah, my life is complete. Right, yeah, that's his bag. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they sit there and they watch like YouTube videos of 
guys playing games. Well, listen, we, you and me do comedy. Like, you put up your videos. You try and have a think about what a funny sketch is. The two lads are crying, laughing the other day. I went in and looked at them on the iPad. They're looking at a guy who was basically just covering himself in eggshells, like smashing eggs off himself, uh, throwing flour on himself and uh, hammering a sandwich or something. Like it was basically how to make a sandwich. And that's all he was doing. And the last thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's mayhem. And it only lasted for about 30 seconds yeah. as well. And it was all that kind of jittery, jumpy stuff. And then, but my nine-year-old, though, I mean, he's very sporty. So, like, he's, he's still, he likes getting out and about still. So, he's still there. But I reckon he'll be like that all the way. Yeah. But it's hard with the kids. Yeah, I mean. But don't you think, I mean, it's not a decision that you've made because it's just kind of some sort of trend. But, like, kids, you kind of communicate a lot more with kids nowadays and stuff. Like, do you oh, ever just do yeah. you ever stop and go, wow, fucking hell. Like, I never <laughs> talked to my dad. Like, like, do you ever, did you ever, like, sit down with your dad and go, you know, like, and just talk the way that you would talk with Daniel about no. like, playing golf? Or I basically, we never really seen our dad because he, like, did nine to five and then he went to the pub for his pints, came home, had his dinner, hung out for a little bit and then went back up to the pub. You know what I mean? That was, that was the whole road nearly you did that. Yeah. Unless there was a parents that didn't drink. There was actually only a handful of them. And they'd maybe come out and play soccer with us or something. But no, I sit down, I talk to Daniel about anything, talk to Devin about stuff, it doesn't matter. And you can, and the only the only danger, I mean, this is the flip side of that, is that when you sit down and you talk to a kid, because kids are so open now because they have the internet, your sense of authority, it can come down a bit too too much to their level. So when I, so you know what I mean, so when I had my dad, he when was, you were growing up, he right? was his father figure. Even though he didn't really raise us properly or anything, but you were still afraid of him. So yeah. he still disciplined you. So if something happened in the house, he was the one that stood in that room and went, don't you ever do that again. Yeah. Don't do that again. He was never our friend. So we never had that connection with him. So he was this man that if he was walking into that room to say that, it was all over. You shit yeah. yourself. He never hit us though, but he was the one. But for me, because I have such an amazing relationship with my two lads... It's very, you've got to play, be careful how you play that line. I know, because you do, like, I, I think I'm, and my dad was Nanny James Bond, I think I made a bit of a joke about the fact that my mother raised us and my dad tried to be our friend. Yeah. But it was different because my dad didn't have any authority in the house and he didn't need to have it because my mother was the drill sergeant. My yeah. mother was the boss. But, like, I do see that a lot more nowadays where it's like, how do you keep the line it, in the modern way where you're kind of half trying to be your friend your kid's friend while at the same time trying to be the discipliner yeah and it's very hard because Devin's 16 so he's very mature for his age like very mature. no mature and he's very intelligent so he's obviously passing me out in intelligence because he's constantly like he's in school and he's just he's he's brilliant in school he's doing really well so you were a messer right I was a messer but I did really well all the way to third year like I had really good results then I hit fifth year and I just went Started nuts yeah, <laughs> jerking off other people, <laughs> jerking off each other. We're all jerking, <laughs> jerking the teachers off. Everybody's jerking off. And <laughs> basically, our school was so bad, like, teachers didn't keep an eye on us. They didn't give a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Once you fell away, they didn't care, which is really sad. So, like, nowadays they keep an eye on the kids. But, like, with Devin, yeah, he's very mature. So, if I go, look, Devin, you can't do that, he's got so many answers for, like, why you're not. Like, you can't. And he's not a bad kid. Do you know what I mean? That's the, I'm cre- pretty lucky like that. But I've got it. I still, but I, you know what I can't talk? I can talk to him about drugs and sex and everything. And he, he doesn't go, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was, I, I actually felt amazed. And he was going, dad, what's uh, 
what's heroin look like? Do you know what really I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going, oh, I'll tell you. It's like, well, it's kind of brownie powdery stuff. I don't know. I've never really seen it too much. And then I explained what cocaine. So his mates in school at that age will all go, yeah, yeah, we all know. But I knew he must have had that conversation in school because yeah. he asked me to break it down. So we went, what happens with E? What happens with coke? What happens with grass? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to tell him all that. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And what he said afterwards. So he goes, he goes, Dad, he goes, well, T- thanks very much, Dad. Thanks. Really? <laughs> yeah. He goes, thanks for that. That's good to know. It's good to know. Because, you know, he goes, um, he thinks it was people in school smoking grass around, it, that literally at the bike sheds, you know. And how would you feel about him smoking weed? I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, right now, I'd be, I'd be I, you know, I'd, you know, he'd have to. I'd have to rip into him because I'm just not into that at all. And uh, yeah, not his little life. Like Jesus, that's that's terrifying. So would you prefer him drinking than smoking weed? Well, no, not either. I tell him not not to booze either. Yeah. And he goes, but he's he, not drinking already at 16. No, he. I. You see, this is the thing with Dev. He's also the worst liar in the world. Like literally, he goes red or starts crying. Which is so beautiful. He gets caught straight away. If he, oh, really? Yeah, like, who ate those biscuits? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I did. It wasn't me. And it's like, that's it. We got you. So, but he's also, he's pretty open with us. You know, I think that, uh, I told him, I said, you know, if you, if you drink or take drugs, now you got to tell me, you know, because it's, it's all pretty dangerous stuff. Really? And he goes, yeah, dad. He goes, he, and he also goes, dad, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those kids. I'm just not going to be one of those kids. I know, but like, said. when I think about, like, okay, I, I'm a bad example because I started drinking. Yeah, you started drinking. You're like, yeah, what? Yeah, the but, hell no, but no, but no, but listen. That? Just listen for a sec, right? So, at 13, I remember this one night. I downed a coffee mug of Bacardi at Jesus Joe Lane's house, right? Christ. And I remember my buddy Nick, who then later died when he was 18 from a degenerative heart condition. But that's Whoa. neither here nor there. I remember him pulling me to the side and saying, "Yo, man, he was older than me by two years, but he was like my best friend." And he said, "You." Yo, you can't do that. That's not what this is for. Like, this is like for fun. But you're the—I was the only one that did it, right? Like, nobody else was drinking that night. Anyway, long story short, I was pretending to be asleep on the couch that night, and my mother was saying to my father, "He's been drinking. I can smell it." And my dad was like, "Come on, Eileen. He's 13 years old. He's not drinking." <laughs> in total denial. And then a year later, I got caught drinking. I was lying on the kitchen table in a pool of my own vomit. Oh, my parents shit. walked in. But the point is that my dad was in complete denial until mm. until it was too late. Yeah. Even when I was lying in my own puke, my mother said he was like, nah, like, come on, Eileen, he's not drinking, he's just sick. So, like, do you not think sometimes that you're in denial? Like, I'm not saying he's drinking, I'm just saying, do you ever think, Jesus, maybe I'm just a fool? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, but maybe, but I no, I think, I think myself and my wife, Brenda, I think we know Devon. I mean, you've got to meet this kid, like, you, you know him. I mean, he's, no, he's a great kid. I mean, I'm, he just, is a good I'm kid. just curious to know but the thinking of a dad. I, I don't, yeah, with me, with Dev, I I thi- I'm pr- I'm pretty wise to him. Do you know what I mean? I know and I also, you know, drank like that as a kid. And you know what I mean? And I'm sh- and my dad, I think he would have known, but he just didn't say it. Yeah. Cuz my dad never ratted on us. That was his really? thing. Never ratted on us. Like once he caught us with cigarettes. And um or my mother caught me in Car McDermott with cigarettes, sorry. <laughs> in in the bedroom. We just had them on the bed and my mum was going what the fuck you little bastards are fucking and she was about to beat the shit out of both of us and my dad walked in and going what the fuck what the fuck what the what 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 we might go on this cigarette he goes my dad, my dad goes they're mine he right? got you out of a yeah, jam yeah he went they're mine jeez you fucking ages you take them off the they're mine they've been on the table over there in the in the, in the living room <laughs> and he took them but he had to smoke John Player Blue for the day 
<laughs> which he hated. So, because uh, he was a carol smoker. But he took the rap. But I mean, even if he caught me drunk or drinking, he would never have told my mum. Yeah. He, I don't know how he would have reacted to me, though, going. I, he wouldn't have gone, he wouldn't have been in denial. He would have went, listen now, don't be drinking, you fucking eat you. That's yeah. basically what would have happened. But I, me with Devin, you know, if and when, and well, when we catch him drinking, of course, because he's going to try it. And, and yeah, he could have tried it already. He could have tried it. But he hasn't had, basically we live out in the countryside. So he can't go anywhere. Yeah, right, he's got to pick him up. The only time he can do it is in school. He's not going to do it in school, during school, but they do have school discos. So yeah. that's the only time he'll oh, do it. they still have school discos? Yeah. Do they or have slow sets? It, no. No, and Devin, I, Devin goes, what's that? He goes, where do you slow it down? You know, you get to be with a chick. He goes, yeah, we'll just talk to them and then, you know. Just send him a picture of me knob. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, you can snog them outside for Christ's sake. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. That, so but when he's in, out in Drada now with his, with his with his nan and granddad, he might hook up with his friends, and that could be it, you know. But he, uh, but the other thing is like, it could happen here in Edinburgh one year because I'm going to get him a little job when he comes, yeah, in the venue, and I think that's when it all happens. Oh yeah, that's when it kicked off for John Bishop's but, kids. Yeah, but with my nine-year-old, I reckon I'm going to be in prison probably at, at thirteen, <laughs> sitting there in a the cell waiting for him. Not me in a cell, but in the cop. Just you think co- he's wild? Collecting him? Yeah, he's wild. Yeah, he's wild. At the moment, he's wild in a nice way. You know what I mean? He's lovely, but he's trying to. Keep, he's he's nine, trying to be sixteen, because he's constantly wanting to do what his brother yeah, does. Yeah, he's got his older brother. Yeah, constantly. Son, do you know what he's he's had the best line ever. He goes, his brother pushed him, or whatever, and he's got a mad temper. The nine-year-old Daniel, and he goes, "Listen to me, you." He goes right all red face. I do rugby, GAA, jiu-jitsu. When I'm fifteen, I'm gonna plant you through that fucking wall. <laughs> Daniel said <laughs> yeah, that to Devin. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, you only go, yeah, will, because all you do was sit in your games, you spa, and then. <laughs> and it's so funny because yeah. the younger brother always dreams of one day. And yeah. you know what's funny? When they're old enough to actually do it, they would never in a million years. I know, fight. you know, yeah, they would never in a million years fight. What'll happen is, of course, you know what is that night? That's like six years. So Devin be like twenty-one. It's not gonna fight Devin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Devin's gonna go. Well, what'd you do that for? Don't you know, that, chill out. Like yeah, Devin's going to be. Well, hopefully, it's not going to happen. It's yeah. just not going to happen. But Dan is is the little pit bull. He's he's the one that goes for you. You know, and he always goes for Devin's neck, which is mental. That's hilarious. I think that might be the jujitsu thing that he goes goes up in that area. It's a mad thing about your dad that he was sort of like this non-presence, but then every now and then he kind of liked getting you out of a jam. Yeah, he was basically. You know, I you always wonder like should you know we all all our father all of our fathers and mothers maybe shouldn't have got married. A load of them. A fo- nearly our whole road were bad marriages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like like dads that never spoke to their wives and never did anything. But up in the pub, they were great crack. And in, in if, if they're out on the road talking to each other, the dads, they're really nice. They're talking to their kids. They're really nice. But, you know, it's but one, once they get home, they're like moany and yeah. shy and going, how did this fucking happen? Do you know what I mean? But our dad, uh, yeah, he was... He was always like that to all of us. And he still is like that. And, he, and he'd give you, if you ask him for money for the shop, he'd go, yeah, no problem. Mind you, you would have to go upstairs and get his trousers because he used to sit there in his jocks. <laughs> right? Al, your dad was Al Bundy. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> for and the he, people that are under yeah. 35, the yeah. Al Bundy references, married with children, watch yeah. it and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, brilliant show. So my, I'd come downstairs with my dad's trousers. And have to give it to him, and then he rummage around and get the change out. Go to the shop. Me. Yeah, and then he go to the shop at fifty. He give me like fifty p or a pound. He used to actually say to me, "How much do you want?" 
And I, and I was a really nice kid as a kid. I used to go, I don't know, 50p, that'll do. But yeah. I could have said a fiver. He would have got me a fiver. So 50p, yeah. So went to the shop down 50p and got me a... Uh, so what's the difference? I mean, I don't want to get too into like psychological evaluation, but like what happened that sort of a whole estate... I mean, I know it's a generalization, but mm. a whole estate had these sort of absent semi-alcoholic fathers. That and was just a trend in Ireland. Yeah, it was and all now, but all you guys, like, what about your friends? Like, wh- what are their relationships like with their kids? Like, what's the... Well, it, well here we go, right? So I, I basically said on stage one night, I said, I'd love to meet the guy who decided to come home from work one day instead of going to the pub and, and then started to look, my, you know, help his wife with the kids. Because we can't do that anymore. You know, you're expected to come straight home and look after the kids and help your wife. That's a norm. Yeah. Right? That And that's, I'm totally fine with that. That's cool. I was never going to be a big drinker and do all that stuff. But on my road, I'm not joking when I say there must be only three of us that are still in marriages along the whole road. Really? All we, divorced? All my mates, all my mates I hung around with, which are roughly about, you know, my good mates on the road, about 15 of us. About three of us only are still in their first marriages. The rest of them all came back and, they st- and some of them still live with their mothers right oh, now. Because they copied what their parents did, like in that sense. They they basically treated treated women the same way they watched their dad treat a woman. So in those days, women were there to cook and clean and raise kids. Yeah. They weren't there to be held or loved or hugged or, and especially they weren't there to be talked to. Like my dad never sat down with my with my mum. I never seen him sit there and like just have a big heart to heart with her. You know, they'd watch the telly with each other, but they yeah. would talk through the telly. Like did you ever see the royal family? Yeah. That's. I mean, that is a loving family in that sense. That's kind of the way the families would work. Except that guy, Jim, in the royal family is extra nice to his wife. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he never has any money. She always has the money. But do you not think, okay, without making a judgment on the guys whose marriages didn't work, is it not more of a case that perhaps if divorce had been legal and not as shameful a thing, oh, lo- every, then half every, of those families wouldn't have lasted? Nearly every... If, if that... If that was like, you know, divorce must have been a big thing in your in the States, was it? Yeah, it was days? normal. That would have been, I'd say, every second household. Yeah. Every Amazing second. to think it. But listen to this. There was there was a family in our road uh, called the Newmans and Monica, and she was a lovely woman, and the kids were the nicest kids. Good friend of mine, Kenneth. And their dad left. Their dad left. Like separated, quote unquote. Separated, yeah. yeah like a l- near when they were all just little kids. Yeah. And for that on the road, I mean, my God, the whole road, we're like going, oh my God, that's just awful. That's yeah. awful. Can you imagine that happening to you? While secretly, I would say nearly every one of those women saying that would have loved for their husband just to go away. Yeah. And leave them But it's funny themselves. how the guys are always the bad guys in this story. Well, Did you ever notice that? Yeah, but you know what? The, yes. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, they're the bad guys because they... they Basically, what it is is that it's generations of it's constant bad upbringing. So my dad would have watched his mum and dad live that way. Yeah. So my my granddad going to the pub, my granddad going to the pub, my granddad going to work. Nana's just that. That's what she does. Yeah. He copies him. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right? He's just co- they're just copying what they see from their dads, right? Now, mind you, we kind of broke the back of it like I certainly did. Well, that's a cultural I, thing, though, too, right? Yeah. Church, the church lost its kind of power. Yeah. yeah what yeah. else do you think changed that made it possible that you could have... A loving relationship with I your wife. You're still together despite all the trials and tribulations of being a comedian. You guys are still together. You have a lovely family. What I'm going to say it's, it's just. I think it's just people. You know, men just have more respect for women now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because they just they definitely didn't have it then. Do you know what I mean? And a woman wasn't like like they didn't. I I didn't know anybody in my road that beat got their wife was being beaten. But we we would never know that anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the other good. But the other thing is that we were very close as mates, and we told everybody, like all the mates, yeah. would, like so. If one of the lads' dad hit the ma, he just tell us. He go, me fucking die, me ma last night the prick, right? But so that we never seen any of that. Do you know what I mean? But basically now, women are up. Uh, we are totally prepared to share the raising of a child. Yeah. To share the running of a house. Like my dad would never Hoover a house. He wouldn't know what to do. Hoover, you know what I mean, and the dinner thing, no way. Remember, my mom was in hospital having my youngest sister, and my dad had to make his uh, food. We were all around the table. He just looked at us and he went, "So, like, uh, what you eat?" <laughs> like no idea. <laughs> yeah. He went, "Well, I like uh, uh, fish fingers," and he goes, really? "Okay." Uh, he went in, and he made us all uh, herring, like you know the fish. Yeah. He fried that. Went up and bought it. Fried herring. No, like, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, f- open and fried it on the yeah. pan. And all of us went, we don't eat that. <laughs> the smell of it. And he's going, well, fish is good for you. <laughs> oh, well done, Dad. Thanks for arriving into, <laughs> into our lives and telling us fish is good for us. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, I just think that a lot of the... Now, here, like, my mum and dad got married. My mum was a professional ballroom dancer in London she was training in Soho that was her life and she met my dad and this is how a lot of these women got together with these men my dad worked for Guinness right Right. and my mum said that was like winning the lottery in those days steady job steady job a lot of unemployment yep steady job they could sort out your mortgage for you they would sort out all your medication for you healthcare dental stuff for the children so What's a woman going to do then? My ma just gave up the whole t- idea of that stupid dream in London that she was told. Oh. You know, that, don't be doing that now. This man's got a good, solid job. And I think a lot of those women walked into, basically they were, and they, they didn't even have kids yet. But they're looking at going, yes, my kids will be safe with this man. That's good. Okay. And of course they would have, you know, vaguely loved them. You know what I mean? But on my road, I seen the couples that really loved each other. You'd know them. You know, you'd know mean? the difference. Yeah, yeah, you'd know the difference. If you so that must have been nice for your ma, because like obviously your ma was a performer. Yeah, it must have been nice for your ma all those years later to yeah. be able to be part of 
your success because I I one of the things I always remember about those early days when it kicked off for you because I just started doing comedy mm. just when it was kicking off for you yeah and I remember your mom was around a lot a lot more than other comedians and yeah. your mom was kind of part of it she was uh, yeah she I mean you know the other reason for that as well is my mom raised us all in the house so she went to all the school plays she was always with us like that she was always encouraging us you know what I mean she was always at the sporting things yeah. So this is kind of almost just another thing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. And she basically said, I wouldn't miss those shows for the world. That's my son up there. Of course I'm going to yeah. go. And she goes for those reasons. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, she's, and, but she, yeah, showbiz wise, I mean, she could have been like, you know, she could have whatever been a brilliant ballroom dancer gone all the way. And what they, a lot of them did was with Strictly, you'll see those judges, they go on to just coach. So she could have stayed in London and done all there. that. And of course, us as little kids, I remember us all saying, oh, man, because she was engaged with an RAF pilot as well. Can you believe it, right? This English guy. And uh, we went, he was a trainee now, pilot. And she, we said, oh, God, my dad could have been a pilot. <laughs> and you would have been a volume dancer, you know, because our mum was obviously, she wasn't ready to tell us the birds and the bees just yet when we were like six. <laughs> nah, you just came out with a different Mickey, lads. You just came out with, <laughs> all came out of a Guinness Mickey. That's where it's all came out of. I'm surprised you didn't have a white foamy head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole lot of us going, oh, no, you Guinness family. But of course, uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. And so there was, there was their solid life. And But now my mum and dad, you know, they've been through the mill. You know, you watch them and go through all those hard days of you know your dad in the pub and your mad trying to bleed and raise everybody and now they now i couldn't see them without each other yeah they sit there like two it's old kind of something honorable about it no i mean there yeah. has to be some love there oh there do is. you ever sometimes think you oh, completely my mom, discount my i do i mean and it's a it's it's it basically it's a different type of love there to you know the love that people might be thinking in their heads right now which is oh let's hug each other and hold hands and kiss and love and everything but it's almost like a respectful love they have for each other. Like when one of them goes, the other one is going to be fucking devastated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely devastated. And even though they moan about each other, like so basically my dad, right, when you sit with my mum and my dad, right, and all of us, and my wife Brenda comes up to visit, my dad will go, so anyway, Brenda, so uh, tell us how, and he go, how? And my ma goes, so tell us Brenda, how are you? <laughs> and my dad's looking at me, ma going, I just fucking asked the woman that. Will you so just like a back double off, yeah, back off for a second. So they are like Albert, Albert and Costello, the two of them. My mother mean? said, just a couple of days before my dad died, I remember I was in the Cork Opera House doing some shows, and uh, my mother told me on the phone. It was kind of sad, but it was kind of nice. She said, I was lying in bed last night listening to your dad snoring, <laughs> and I spent most of my life thinking, I wish this fucker would stop snoring. And she said... <laughs> Last night it was the most beautiful sound in the world. I oh wish I could hear it for the God. rest of my life. So it's funny. That's sad. Yeah, it's sad, but that that's yeah. the stuff, you know, they bicker and they bicker and they bicker. Yeah. It's part I mean, of who they are. Every single time I go to the house and my mum puts a dinner in front of my dad, my dad always goes, Were those bala- were those bala- in long enough? <laughs> <laughs> every time you'll go. You'll do that. You'll go. That fish, that fish could have done another 30 seconds. You know what I mean? <laughs> and me mom going, ah, do it yourself. And one time, right, my mom, I was up in the house. My mum put down these little baby potatoes and my dad doesn't like the skin of the potatoes. And he goes, hey, what the, the, skin, the, skin, the skin's on the potatoes, isn't it? <laughs> right? Well, you don't say it and you do it yourself, right? And, he, and we're all there. So my dad also doesn't give a shit who's there. Like, there could be... 
like end of Kenny for dinner. He'd still go. What the fuck does? But what's the skills of my day? Oh, you know, right? And he says, he says to me, ma, right? Me ma says, ah, do it yourself, you feckin' idiot, right? And he goes, well, you know, I can't do that. And he goes, why? Me ma goes, why? He goes, because I can't concentrate on such a small thing because it'll raise me blood pressure and I'll have a fucking stroke. So me ma took the play out and did it in the kitchen for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, this book I wrote there's right, which is called The Wonky Eyed Boy, is all. Right, I, Did you write it already? Yeah, it's coming out in September. Oh, great. Something to promote. Man. That's not even why you're doing this. No, and it's from from the age of 5 to 15, man, oh. and I can't wait to give it to you. And you know who ended up being the star of the, of the whole book? My book, uh, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? My book agent. He said to me, is this book about you or your dad? I go, why? And he goes, well, your dad's in nearly every chapter and he's hilarious, right? <laughs> and I, I all, that sh- all that shit is in it. And he, my dad's got yeah, great dry wit. And so the potato thing happened, but my other favourite thing in the book, my dad came home from work. Father Murta, right, the local parish priest, he like he was he was fine, but he went into people's houses to get whiskey and sandwiches. He was never a fiddler, right, because we were all altar boys. Man, another funny thing, man. There was no way it was ever going, we were ever going to get a fiddler where we lived. Because the, the amount of us as altar boys... Like literally, if any one of us were touched, you would have went. We would have bleeding probably killed the priest. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Have like you been touching Carol's Mickey? We're gonna fucking kill you with that cross, <laughs> right? So that so he was never a fiddler, but he was in the house. He was always wandering out of people's houses right, yeah. in the day to get his whiskey and his sandwiches. Yeah. So he comes in right. He's sitting in the chair in front of the telly, kind of kind of slumped in it, and he has his whiskey. And me ma, me dad comes in from work, right? And me dad comes in. He opens the door. He looks into the living room. And I'll, I'll never forget this, right? Looks in the living room and he comes back out and he goes, Who the fuck's your man in the living room? And me man goes, Because my dad never went to Mass. Yeah. Didn't even know who your man He goes, Me man goes, That's Father Murta, right? He goes into the room and he stands in front of Father Murta and he goes, I don't give a bollocks who he is. He's in my fucking chair, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Father Murta, it was probably in the 60s, had to get up out of the chair. Me dad's like this going, Right, come on, come on, come on. Out of the chair and into the kitchen. And my dad sat in the chair. And me ma was... Fuck, me ma wouldn't talk to him for two weeks. To <laughs> me dad. She goes, I have never been made a show of so much in all my life. <laughs> what do you mean talking to a priest like that? Me dad goes, I don't give a bollocks who they are. He didn't care that way at all. And another... Here, let me say one more thing about in the book. This is a nice... Another bit where my dad... That's great. Tell me all that. No, tell my, me more. No, my dad just did this, right? So there was a guy on the road called Mihal, right? And I used to call him Mihal. It was only, you know, stupid mess. Yeah. He, he was, was an two, adult? No, he was two years younger than me. Right, okay. And I go, all right, me hole, right? And that's a form of bullying without realising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was never a bully, and I didn't mean it. I just thought it was funny and yeah, stupid. Sure, yeah. I was being kids, like, are, kids are like that. Yeah, I was being really... I, I mean, I was bullied and I bullied. Yeah. It's part of growing up. I know, but I, I mean, I would never realise it was upsetting him that much. So his mum comes up to the house. My dad's in the house, right? And only me and my dad. Oh, here's ding dong, right? And me dad's... Me dad, Gets the paper. My dad always moves slowly. Gets the paper. The bell's going a bit. My dad's literally going, well, you fucking wait a minute, right? Opens the door and he goes, so he never, he never basically spoke to these women. He goes, what? To her. And she goes, excuse me, but your son Jason <laughs> has been calling my lovely son Michal, Michal, right? And my dad, you can see my dad, because I look at it, you know, just behind him in the hall. And he's, you can see him trying not to laugh. And he goes, he what? He goes, like calling Michal. He goes, Oh, for fuck. Jason, get over here. Right? <laughs> he goes, what? And he goes, have you been calling this kid me out? Right? <laughs> and I went, and I started going, yeah, I'm really sorry. He goes, yeah, well, don't do it again. That's disgraceful. I'm very sorry. I'll sort him out. We close the door and me dad burst out laughing. 
<laughs> he goes, geez, he goes, listen. He goes, I shouldn't be laughing. That's fucking funny as shit, though. <laughs> Call him me holy. He goes, don't do it again. Don't have those fuckers calling to their door. And so he never told my mum. My mum never, ever. She probably she'll read it in the book. That's the only time. That's she'll how she'll find out. Yeah, she'll find loads of shit out in the book. She'll find the cigarette thing out as well. So I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna tell them until I read it. Yeah, it's funny. So it's like a love hate thing with your dad. Oh yeah, I love him. I absolutely love him. He's brilliant and he's. But you thought he was a shit dad. Yeah, he was a shit dad. Yeah, it's like um, Jason Manford had the best. He, uh, he was in Kilkenny there recently. And he came on stage and he goes, uh, you know, he goes, I see my dad, you know, playing with my children, right, in the garden, and I go. Where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody actually, funny enough, somebody said that to me before. He goes, Who's this fucker? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't remember any of this shit when I was a kid. <laughs> like he's going way and hiding and peekaboo. And he's going, oh man. So we never got any of that, you know what I mean? But yeah. even though your dad would go, oh, you always played football with you. You didn't, you're shy. Yeah. Well, my, I, my line was, I'm not saying my parents didn't love me. They just forgot to let me know. Yeah, exactly. So my mother on the phone will always go, now you know your father loved you. You know he loves you. He <laughs> loves what you do. And he just told me to tell you that he loved you so much. <laughs> so my dad's never said it. Ever in yeah. life. Which is weird because like, I kiss my kids and they say I love them. I actually even annoy them with it. I go up to my sister and go, you know, I love you. I love you so much, Devin. Oh, my God. I actually can't even sleep. He goes, Dad, shut up, you dope. Right? You know? I know, but I think um, it matters. Oh, man. I, I know Devin. Devin and Dan, they're sensitive kids, and they love being told they, they, they're, they're loved. I mean, all kids need to be told that they're loved. Do you know what I mean? And But I don't hate my dad for it because it's not his fault. Do you know what I mean? It was how his, his mother, who was a hard ass, raised mm. him. I know. She never told him. Actually, it was more like kind of her end when I think about it. She never said she loved him. And my granddad didn't either, but he was a nicer guy. He said he would be hugging them and like giving them jockey backs though. But um, she never really did it. So we got it from both ends. Do yeah. You know what I mean? And so he, it's not his... It, look, you can say it's not his fault, but surely he knew that he shouldn't be doing that. But it's almost... But do you think... It's like a programmed robot that is programmed not to say it. And no matter how hard that robot tries, it can't because it's not programmed. It's just not in there. No, nope. you can go, robot, say you love him. And robot will just look look at you. Say you love him. The robot will look at you. Until you type in, say you love him, he'll go, I love you. But yeah. it's not programmed into your father's brain. Or well, well, you don't think you, you need it, do you? Me? Do you think you need it from him? No. I was raised like that as well. And that's, you know, with me, there's a bit of that in me. So I have to be very cautious and careful how I show love to my wife I've got to, I, I actually have to set it aside and go right I need to Do tell it. Brenda I love her now not to the kids that's much easier but to Brenda I gotta go right because it's programmed into me as well that me I, too bro. I, am, I mean I'm identifying yeah, with everything you're talking yeah, about it's programmed I, into me I don't feel like I mean I could go f- I don't know I don't need to be told I, I, like that I'm loved I don't need that right now I'm fine all the time if Brenda never said it like I wouldn't really be bothered but I and so if and if I was told, listen, Jason, you don't need to tell anybody you love. Like, well, apart from my kids who I really love, and I have to say that to them. But to my wife, who I love as well, if I talk, because I think it's because I think she's an adult, and I look at her going, she doesn't need, she doesn't need to be told that. And if someone said like, okay, you don't even ever need to say that again, I I wouldn't say it. It's yeah. just in there. I, I, it's I, in there. Yeah. I've watched it work. I've watched how it works. It's like I I don't have to say that. It's in there for me too. It's in there for me too. Even with kissing, sometimes. Yeah. 
What, like affectionate kissing? Yeah. Yeah. I gotta force myself sometimes. Yeah, you've, I mean, but that's just because we're raised badly like that, you know? We've got to... Like, I'll see my my father-in-law and, you know, my mother-in-law. They're very, they, were, they loved each other so much, but they had an amazing connection. They were both adopted, and they, they both... None of them had brothers or sisters. They only had each other. Yeah. So they're like little lovebirds. But they will always... She, he will always kiss her on the forehead when he w- walks into a room. Or says goodbye, that little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, I never will. So now, my wife is coming from the most lovable family. Where he, she's watched her dad kiss her, the mother on the head, hug her, hold her, tell her she's brilliant all the time. And I've come from the whole she other end. She marries this cold this stone cold fucking that idiot. she needs to put yeah. in the affection microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know exactly where she goes? You know, now and again, the hug would be nice. <laughs> oh, man. I Dude, I get that all the time. Like, over the years, different relationships. You know, and like I like I feel like explaining them. You don't understand. It fucking makes me sick to do this. <laughs> like I actually fucking my skin is crawling right now. It fucking like do you understand how uncomfortable yeah, I am right now? I know. It's, and you know what? And, and, you, and then you think you know maybe they should respect me and go. He's not the loving type. We don't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, it's yeah. That's and there's a lot of people man. our age because that, that's the last that. thing I wanted to ask you about was yeah. You know, you and Brenda and how do you, how do you how do you work that out? Well, as I said, basically I've got to, you know, lock myself down and go, right, today I've got to make sure to show a bit of love over to Brenda here. And because we do comedy as well, we're, we're kind of in our own bubble all the time. I don't know if you do that. I kind of drift off a lot. And I go, right, I've got to do this with the comedy gig. I've got mm. to do this with the gig. Sure. I've got to do this well, with the show. I mean, that self-centeredness is there. Yeah, and basically you forget about the family who are sitting here waiting for the hugs and the love. And un- unfortunately, you know, the wife sometimes is at the end of that line. Just standing there going, yeah. don't forget about me now. I, I do nearly all the work at the end here. Don't forget about me. So with me and Brenda, uh, basically I make sure she comes here to Edinburgh and that, you know, she's involved here and that we put time aside to walk around and just spend time with each other. And she's all right with you talking about it, by the way, because I don't want to be nah, she doesn't bringing mind. her nah, into Nah, she hates me talking about it. Nah, oh, she doesn't <laughs> mind. In fact, she'd be down here going, I don't think he told you the full story, Dad. In fact, I think I got a hug at fucking Christmas in 1996. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is he on about? Putting time aside? Putting time aside be whole? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because in my head, I'm thinking I'm putting more time aside. And then again, you know what? But I'm she's a not. Na- in your show, yeah. more often than not, she's a nag. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it's fictional. She no, no, I know, I know, but I'm just curious. And, I, and we have to basically heighten the, our stories. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people meet Brenda and go, that's not Brenda. And one person once said, I thought she was a fat woman with black hair. <laughs> I went, why? He went, I don't know. I just thought so Brenda's like a gentle tall you know thin fucking really fit good looking lady that basically only ever gets angry because of me do you know what I mean I'm the <laughs> one that brings it out in her so then I look at it and go mm, I wonder if I can use that but you think you think it's good that you found a woman that could challenge you all the time about that affection stuff and also you yeah. know I think comedians need it I mean I oh, I always man, think, listen. I think I think I should do a podcast where I fucking talk to comedians wives because like man, I, I think what a I show. think that uh that'd be fucking brilliant I think that like how's it going lads you can have this after us with a pit bull you can have this after it's just a podcast oh that thing we just found it in the bush all right then this literally was thrown out it's just a recording device you so we're just two guys passing us with a pit bull. Oh, we're just we're recording for recording a podcast. It's just a podcast about the fringe. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
go ahead. Hey, there's bars in the belfry, the windows are jammed, the toilet's ain't healthy, he don't give a damn, he chuckles and smiles, he mm. laughs like a madman. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sheriff Fat Man with his Valium, amphetamines, sick notes and phony <laughs> prescriptions. Get up, you sleepy heads, fuck this. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And so that's, that Edinburgh, that's Edinburgh, man. Right yeah, that's Edinburgh. Yeah, actually, two, two I guys passing with a pit bull. I can't believe Brenda came down there. <laughs> Brenda, get back upstairs. Fuck off, Brenda. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what happens when you don't show enough love for your wife. <laughs> She's got great dead door. Yeah. I wish we could have got a picture with those guys. Oh, anyway, shit, distracted man. us from that. But uh, yeah. No, yeah, I was saying, I, I think it's just do a podcast with comedians' wives, just yeah. because we are very obsessed with our work. Like, in a way, it's almost like, when you were talking about it a minute ago, I was thinking, it's like we have two families. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our own family, and then like it's great when the I, audience. When I get, yes, but, but I also think that, like, it's, when I get here, I love hooking up with you and Nassim and everybody. That's another family in my head. Yes. Because it's friends that, if we were on the road, we would have hung all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then I get here and I get a Melbourne and everything I see is that's great. And then I've had that over the years, man, at a comedy festival. Yeah. If my girlfriend's coming, I'll be like kind of happy but also partially like fuck. Yeah, like, you got to see gotta, people and, and I, I, we're, I'm, I'm working being honest. I'm not I'm not trying yeah. to say I'm an asshole, but like yeah. it, it it's so all-consuming. So that can be a hard thing to navigate when you're married with kids. I mean, you owe you have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah, well, here in Edinburgh as well, what people don't understand is that they go, yeah, you see your show at night, that's it. But it kind of is f- is 24-hour a day, the whole show, because you're doing the interviews, you're, you're thinking about the show, you're doing the podcast, you're doing the TV interview, you're doing this, that. It, it's full on. And then even uh, meeting other TV commissioners and everything, it's almost like being at the office for four weeks. Yeah. And to bring your f- it's like bringing your family into the office. Into the office. And then saying... Hey, would you just sit in the corner over there? I've just got to do this. I've just got so to do that. So then how does Brenda deal with the sort of like, she's present. Ah, she goes. She's present, but she's not yeah, present. That's ex- well, I, I'm i present, but I'm not present, I think is probably yeah. the better way to say it. But she's grand. I mean, there's so much for them to do. Like, I'm here talking to you and whatever. They're, chill- they're just chilling upstairs and Dan will come down now and I'll play a little bit of golf with him or something. But you know, I've, she I, goes I, over the years, I've suffered with like, say it's like an hour before the show. Yeah, and they don't quite understand how difficult that yeah. time is, and they're looking for Even they're before. looking for attention. You know, yeah. they're looking for attention, and you're like, go you no, just no, wanna, this is like, this is go away like, time. Yeah, you gotta. Just no, Brenda knows that with me. So she even said like yesterday, she was like, she was like, whatever, she was feeling a bit tired, and I went, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, her period was coming. That was coming on. That's okay. We can talk about that. Oh yeah, it's my then, show. Man. And anyway, so I went. She went. And she went, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get any infection from you because it's like two hours to the show. Oh, so she knows. And I went, yeah. Bingo. Yeah, <laughs> not going to get That's any. why we're never going <laughs> to <Yeah>. separate. <laughs> we fucking, you know me, babe. I love yeah. you. That, that'd be the moment where I'd be like, I yeah. love you. Yeah, I love you there. There <laughs> it is. I, I should probably go down on her right Yeah, now. yeah, right. Yeah, probably not. No, probably not. The period. <laughs> I went down. On a, I went down on a girl once backstage at Spirit Nightclub. Do you remember when? Oh my the last moved to Spirit Nightclub. Yes, yes. Yeah, I went down on a girl. On oh back my there. god! Well done. <laughs> and god. then it was like right up on stage, like wipe the mouth, fucking dead Oh my god! <laughs> Daisy, you've got the best sex stories ever. It's not fair. Anyway, well Jay, done. 
I think. Yeah, I think we're sunburned. I think we've now. covered loads. We're absolutely well sunburned. done, man. That was we'll a good chat. Oh, the Jay. Do you, you know made what? Made me laugh so much, man. When you talk about your dad, man. You know what? We'll probably. I'll he's get a you on hero. again in a month to tell more dad stories because your, yeah. your book will be coming out. Then we'll give a little promo. Absolutely. When you talk about your dad, but you've always made me laugh. Talk about your dad. Yeah, he's great. I mean, and, and, and as a last story, of course, we famously know that he was at a show. The only show he ever went in. Vicar He's only Street. ever gone to one show. Yeah, and he had a couple of whiskeys on him, and somebody shouted, "I had your ma!" from the audience, and I didn't even know my dad was there, but he was sitting beside that guy. No way! Did you not know the story? No. Yeah, he grabbed the guy, started fucking dragging him around the steps, and the bouncers had to drag at me dad and everything, <laughs> and I didn't even know because it was up in the balcony to my left, and I just heard a bit of ruckus. All I heard was "Yo, fucking!" Right, because I didn't know my dad was at the show. Afterwards, my dad came backstage. My ma was looking a bit flustered. She was going, well, your father's here. <laughs> my dad came over and his, his tie was all sideways. And he had a whiskey in his hand. He goes, very, very, very good, chosen, Very good. Yeah, yeah, love that. And it wasn't until nearly two weeks later I found out. Because my mom said to the bouncers, don't tell Jason. I'm mortified that my dad was sitting right beside the guy who said I had your ma. And now, how did you feel about that? Were you happy or Yeah, upset? brilliant. Brilliant. I just thought that was the best thing ever. Because I said, if I was up there and my son was on stage, I would have kicked the living shit out of that guy. Just grab because my dad was like, my dad says he can't go to shows because of hecklers. And that fucking one time, one he, goes, time he heckles and says, he's I had your man. beside the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Maddie or any of them. It's the funniest story ever. The Maddie or the Jay, I, I don't know, man. I think you should maybe next year's show should just be all about your dad. Yeah, I know. It's five but stars in the Guardian, guaranteed. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't really need the stars. I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Basically, if I do that, I'm going to have to move it to a smaller venue. <laughs> There's no way. Thank you. I want my 800 seats at night. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, You guys. know what? Brilliant. Since I opened it with you next to me, I'll close it. Thanks yeah. very much. That was Jason Byrne. He's still next to me as yeah. we watch uh, a family of three finish out putting. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back next week. I haven't even picked uh, the next guest, but please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud yeah. or Stitcher, wherever you listen. And uh, I'm at Des Bishop on Twitter, Des Buffer on Snapchat, Des Bishop on Instagram. Jason, what's your... Uh, JasonBurn.ie, at the Jason Byrne. And I think it's the, yeah, the same on Facebook as well. I haven't done it. I've done a bit of Snapchatting, but then I kind of got angry with it and stopped. Right. So I'll get back on that. And buy Jason's book in August, but we'll probably have him on again because he's such a fun guest. Yeah, we'll, I can keep we'll talking. We'll do a drive around Dublin or something. <laughs> yeah, drive around Dublin. We drive around my dad's area. Oh. We can drive. He was oh, from. Jay. Yeah, Jay, we can drive, how about this? My dad's from Crumlin, and then he was in his upright sun drive. He lived beside Brendan Bean, and my dad, you know, Brendan Bean, the hero of Ireland, my dad goes, the man was a prick. <laughs> But he was a prick. My dad yeah. met him as well. Anyway, right. look, anyway I, fuck that. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll try to get your dad in. Oh, he'd Fucking do it. Funny with that. Give him being. a whiskey and he'd get in the car. Uh, that'll promote the shit out of the book. Nah. Anyway, Jason Byrne, ladies and gentlemen. Love you, though. We'll see you next week. Thanks, subscribe, babe. subscribe, subscribe. And leave some comments. We're not getting enough comments. Yeah, comment. Comment, comment please. Need Thank more you. love. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> tell us you love us. <laughs> we love you, you we, bastards. We, we weren't told nope. until 1995. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Send the Des Bishop podcast some love. Because y'all know I love doing this podcast. And I love talking to you. So spread the word on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Send it wherever you can send some love. And if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, wherever y'all motherfuckers be listening to this shit. I'll be there for you. So, you know this ain't no one night stand. This long term relationship. We're gonna get to know each other warts and all. And I can't wait. 
I'm looking forward to this love affair. So we'll see you all next week. Love you. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.